Blog Talk Radio. The season's upon us, it's that time of year. Brandy and eggnog, there's plenty of cheer. There's lights on the trees and there's wreaths to be hung. There's mischief and mayhem and songs to be sung. There's bells and there's holly, the kids are gung-ho. True love finds a kiss beneath fresh mistletoe. Some families are messed up while others are fine. If you think yours is crazy, well, you should see mine. Thing. 
Trump never <laughs> called me. Pence is a jerk. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> I love that song. I love it. I need that song because that, yeah, brings back really great memories. <laughs> it's a great Christmas song. <laughs> so, so Vicky, let uh, me look- ask you a question. Wait, yeah, I, I need to ask Vicky a, a serious question. So, if Trump right. called you and said you're the leader of the space force, you would say no. But if Pence called and asked you, you would accept the job. <laughs> Actually, if either one asked me to lead the space force, I'd say yes. I'd even say it to Trump um, because they need some leadership, right? And I know I could do that. <laughs> And I certainly wouldn't call call them guardians, and I certainly, oh, my God, I have so much to say about that. But I certainly wouldn't, those stupid uniforms that they came up with, the logo is all wrong. I mean, come on, they really need to get their shit together. Hey, there's a million Star Trek fans that are insulted. Did you say that logo looks wrong? (laughs) No, there's a million Star Trek fans. Um, fans that don't want that to be the logo. That's a, that's the truth of it. Uh, is right. it me or does it just right. seem like this is something a teenage kid who has just seen Guardians of the Galaxy and their first good dose of Star Trek would have come up with? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, look, look. We're doing a Christmas show tonight. We got one more show before the end of the year, which I assume is going to be our favorite films of the year. And then the first uh, episode that we do in January, we can argue about Space Force, okay? We're not arguing about Space Force tonight. This is Christmas. Right, right. No right. We're going to argue about Christmas. Yeah, but Christmas. we yeah. all want our space toys at Christmas. Hey, there was this <laughs> company back in the 90s that did a replica, the exact replica of the alien pulse rifle, I would kill for that. <laughs> do you remember those? Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, I do. They were life I absolutely man, do. And they even had the countdown in the sound effects built in. I remember going to the toy store and checking them out and thinking, gosh, how come, <laughs> how come I'm not a kid anymore? <laughs> That was before it was cool for adults to um, buy toys. Now, it doesn't matter what age you are, everyone buys toys. But back then, that was like... I mean, what kind of nerd would you have to be to be 48 years old and still be buying toys? I mean, really. Oh, I, I know so many. <laughs> I wish I wish you guys could see the room that I'm sitting in right now because uh yeah. Yeah, this is a nerd cave. I will not deny it. Uh I I buy I buy so many toys uh that uh my wife actually had to talk to me the other day and she was like, How many Funko Pops do you think you're going to need? Before you have enough Funko Pops, <laughs> and <laughs> was that a real question? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Steve knows. Steven's been sending me pictures of his newest Funko Pops all week. So, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. There's I've only never got enough Funkos. Let's see, I've only got three this Christmas. One that someone said that was uglier and thin that if it wasn't for the fact that McCabe's existing, I'd be more mad about it than I am. So, thank you, McCabe. You say you only bought three this week, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a cumulative acquisition. Oh, you mean what of, I got in the case earlier this month? Yeah, found the notorious Yeah. And who would not want a Warner Herzog pop? <laughs> oh, wow. Who's the Mandalorian? Give me Warner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the first thing I oh, thought when the Mandalorian so. pops were announced. I didn't think anything else. I'm like, will they be making a Werner Herzog pop? Yes! Uh, <laughs> uh, well, now you know what to get me for Christmas. It's a little late. I mean, you got to send it tomorrow to get it to me by next week. But now you know what I want for Christmas. Yeah. There's people that order crap back in late October that are bitching on Facebook that their stuff hasn't gotten here for Christmas yet, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I wish I were joking on that. Speaking of Christmas, what Christmas movies do you want to talk about tonight, my man? Tina, let's first. Before we get into the Christmas movies, uh, Vicky has this big storybook with her, and she wants to read two stories tonight. Oh, and what's yeah. the first one that you're going to read wait, us? Wait, 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 wait. No, we don't have to do that. We don't have to sit through that. <laughs> we, I can record those for another night. We can just go straight to the movies. Yeah. I can do the short we'll be version of one of Vicky's uh, favorite Christmas movies next week, because she says it's a Christmas movie, and anytime you try to say that Vicky might be wrong, it's the same as uh, putting a brick in a sock and trying to swing it around your head and hoping you don't hit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and what movie is that? That next week. Prometheus. Christmas movie. Ridley Scott's really, he tried really hard to make it a Christmas movie. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he had, had, uh, what's his name, put out a Christmas tree in one scene. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so where are we? Where are we going with this tonight? But my usual ones that I watch, and I watch this month, are uh, uh, the Mexican Santa Claus, uh, Dial Code Santa Claus, which is like, what if Home Alone, it came out a year before Home Alone, and pretty much everybody thinks, and... Yes, John Hughes has admitted he was at the Cannes screening for Dial Code Santa Claus, that it it's the movie that Home Alone rips off. Huh. Yeah. I don't... I don't know if I've ever seen it before. Uh, 
No, 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 no. It's on no. Shutter. Is under Deadly Games. Yeah, I was gonna say it was on Shutter. Uh, it was uh, Joe Bob. Joe Bob Briggs uh, showed it on one yeah. of his episodes on, on the Last Drive. Yeah, yeah, about last yeah. week. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, under Dial Code Santa Claus. Yep, I have seen it. You're right. You're right. And Joe Bob Briggs is actually in that movie. Or no. He's not He's a in big it. fan of it, but he wasn't in it. No, I thought he was in that movie. No. Because that was yeah. a, it was a Swedish made movie. It never got released over here until it was rediscovered about four or five years ago. Again, I admit, I've been drinking and smoking marijuana, so I don't have all the facts, but yeah, I did uh I have seen that on the last drive in uh with Joe Bob. Yeah. So it's good, uh, give it? us some facts. Yeah, give us some facts. What do you what do you know about it? Well, that it's basically a darker, more badass version of Home Alone. It's like if Home Alone didn't have the 90 minutes of filler on it before they got to the cool scenes with the wet bandits. Right. And it has a bizarre Bonnie Tyler Christmas song. (laughs) Bonnie Tyler? Yeah. She actually sings it? Just like, yeah, she actually sings it. Okay. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden she starts singing this song about the poor little kids who are stuck outside without any family and alone. I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah. Uh, Abby and I were talking this morning about the worst Christmas songs ever. And this Christmas is kind shoes. of a diversion. Uh this is kind of a diversion away from what we're talking about right now. But since we're since we're diving into our Christmas episode, what what is the what do you think is the worst Christmas song of all time? Like if, I already said my Christmas call, shoes. Christmas shoes. That that's your least favorite, Stephen? Yeah. What about you, Big? I really hate that song. Uh, I saw Daddy kissing or Mommy kissing Santa. I hate that freaking song. <laughs> mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> now, I think. Yeah, at I least the Michael will... Jackson version's better because I can see Joe Jackson just beat the hell out of everybody for trying <laughs> to screw around on him. <laughs> I think. I think that little Freudian slip just gave something away about Vicky's childhood. I think Vicky saw Daddy kissing Santa Claus, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he saw Daddy kissing Santa. <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, my, Nate? What was your least favorite? My least favorite Christmas song is Carol of the Bells. And although I do think that it's a beautiful song, it scares the fucking shit out of me every time I hear it. 
ding, 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 ding. It just creeps me out. I don't know why. It it reminds me of something that would be in like a uh, like an Italian giallo movie from the '60s. You know, like it it it, it just creeps me out, man. Like I don't know why I hate that song so much. It raises the hairs on the back of my neck every time I hear it, and I. I <laughs> I, I don't know. It's ding, 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 ding. I, and I don't know. It's you. You know the song I'm talking about. I can't even keep pretending to play it here. With yeah, my no, 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 no. There's too. It's no. it's too forceful a song. Instead of a yeah. nice little dee dee dee, like Silver Bullet. Dun 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 dun. I'm going to kill you right now. Going to stab you in the face. I'm going to kill you. Better one than Uh, you know, 
I mean, it's Christmas, so I feel like I should be able to just say Merry Christmas. That's the holiday that's coming up right now. Uh, you know, Merry yeah. Christmas. But at the same time, I want to be respectful of everyone's beliefs. So now, actively scanning the people that I work with, trying to guess what the best possible thing I can say to them before I see them, before I, I leave for the week. Uh, uh, oh. Okay, this guy's a happy Hanukkah. Uh, I don't know. This could be a Kwanzaa over here, but I don't. You know, it, it's so it's so messed up how how our culture has come to the point where you really can't. So, and you know, I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I'm not. I I don't consider myself to be an ignorant person at all. But I want to be respectful of everyone's beliefs. So it's just kind of funny to look at your coworkers, people that you work with all year long and have one last chance to say something to them before you leave for Christmas vacation and be like, uh, Merry Kwanzaa. <laughs> like it's weird. Cause, cause is there a proper way to ask someone? Like, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, you could just ask them, but it, that also seems offensive to me. I don't know. It's it's a weird. We, yeah. we live in a weird. Yeah, we live in weird times right now. We're too PC like nowadays. Want... Everyone's feelings matter. Yeah. 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 Like uh, over in Britain, this happened this week. Uh. Flash Gordon, the 1980 movie, was put out with a warning from the British censor saying that Ming the Merciless may be a culturally insensitive icon. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they have a warning now before the movie starts. But they're censoring everything, you know, before a movie starts uh, on Prime, on Netflix. They have all those little warnings up in the corner, and it's uh, like drug use. Oh my God! When they it says drug use warning, drug use. <laughs> it's like what? Huh? Really? I'm at the watch for that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like and we you didn't know, know like, that when we seen Up in Smoke as a kid and it had Cheech and Chong being rolled up in a big ro- marijuana rolling paper with weed on the poster. I mean, there's no way to really guess that that's a drug movie, is there? <laughs> I have had this uh, discussion uh, with a friend of mine, and he's a Native American. And I totally agree with the fact that, you know, as Americans, there are a lot of things that – okay, so like team names, like, you know – it. it all right, Cleveland Indians. All right, we can get rid of that. That's offensive. I agree with that. Um, you know, when it comes to things like sports teams, I can see how some of that cultural appropriation can be seen as offensive nowadays. But like the other day, I went. Yeah, to like. And- uh... Well, not even cultural appropriation. Like, how did the Reds start out? What was their original name? I don't know. Socks. Yeah. But then they took out the Reds, the Socks. 
They took off their socks. <laughs> <laughs> but I do I do understand that aspect of of it. Like if it's if it's something that's out there in the public eye on a daily basis and there is a group of people who are offended by it because of their culture. I understand why we need to rectify that. But when it comes to movies and TV shows, like uh, I can't remember what show I went to watch the other day on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. But I, so I have this thing that I do when it's a TV show that I've seen a thousand times. I always go to season three, episode six. That that's just my thing. I don't know why. It's part of my OCD. So I go to season three, episode six. And whichever show it was that I went to go to season three, episode six the other day, episode six wasn't there anymore. Because they're yanking down episodes of TV shows that are considered insensitive to certain groups of people. And I understand as a straight white man that I do have a privilege that a lot of people in this country don't have, but I also have to, I have to argue on the side of I'm a straight white man who is also not racist or sexist or homophobic. I I support everyone's right to live the way that they want to live. And when we lean that far left that now all of a sudden I can't watch my favorite TV show because someone said something offensive to a certain group of people, I do have to, and I hate to say this, but I do have to start to feel like I'm being marginalized now, you know, like things that I love are being taken away. Fully recognize my, you know, that I am, you know, as a straight white male, I do have white privilege and I do have privileges that other people don't have, but I don't think we should start yanking down episodes of TV shows and pulling movies, uh, you know, because they offend some people. Like, as I yeah, say... Yeah, like every, uh, my favorite, the Mexican Santa Claus, get it back on Christmas movies. If the politically correct crowd watched that one, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but but you're but you're you're Mexican, and it doesn't offend you, right? Like nothing offends me if it's funny well, or it's something like there is two, my number one is a racially offensive movie, and my number two is another one offensive to me as a southerner. That's a tease for next week, and I will get into detail. <laughs> People well, look at some of my films I'd be in deep doo-doo Like uh, let's see Fight for your life Oh lord I'd be, I'd be like Yeah you got fight for your life And adios zio time You're racist <laughs> no, Right yeah But you watch those films And you got boss nigga What <laughs> Yeah you and I have talked uh, about this uh, many times before about how we don't really have a filter for those movies. Like we like what we like. And I understand it's hard for me coming from that 
point of view, like I said, I try not to be that privileged white well, guy. Well, Vicky's but... uh, been a teacher and going back, not nowadays, going back. Like, there's yeah. so many books that I got taught as a kid, Vicky got taught as a kid, right. and you, that are on the forbidden book list now. Well, I can't like a horrible uh, racist book called yeah. Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry well, Finn, yeah. Well, let's, let's, those, let's um, let Vicky. Those what books do yeah, have, you know, those books do have um, uh, things that need to ex- be explained to children these days because children these days don't know jack crap about any any of it. So when they come across the way in which the uh, dialogue runs in something like Tom Sawyer, then they need to be prepped on it because they don't understand. They they become completely offended. What what's been happening in the 15 years that I've been in the classroom? Um, like uh, my favorite books such as of Mice and Men by Steinbeck. We can't teach that anymore because the main character swears too much. Um, that is part of the character's uh, uh, whole profile. The reason why he swears so much is because he's a very smart man who has never been educated. And so he tries to explain himself but he doesn't have this vocabulary so he uh, he he uses a lot of swear words now once you understand that then you can roll with the character and start understanding the character but these days it's like oh he said goddamn too many times I counted it and it, there's 35 times he says, God damn, and I just can't stand that Christian, and we don't say God damn. And so now, bam, we can't teach the book. So it's stupid when you start picking apart books, films, TV shows, uh, because they're offensive, because many times you just have to explain, and that's part of getting into the freaking story is to figure out why these characters do these things and say these things. Now, overtly racist, well, that stuff to me, uh, I don't know why. We we don't have to tolerate it, but we can understand it's there um, because that's the era it came out of and have a learning experience. But please tell me why Fahrenheit 451 is banned and I can't teach it anymore. That's what I'd like to know. I mean, I, I I don't understand any of it, but why can't I teach that book? Because people that's just read. Such a beautiful Zen thing. A movie about banning cultural artifacts is a banned cultural artifact. It just yeah. moves yeah. to itself like some right. beautiful Mobius continuum. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay, so, you know, I don't know where all this is going to go, but every year it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It do, There's and, no looking backwards. It just keeps getting worse. So I don't know. And, I, I have nothing 
I have no hope for the future. Yeah, I agree with Vicky on this 100%. It's like, you know, uh, you know, as an, as someone who has a degree in English and a degree in philosophy, I think that all of the ideas should be out there. I have a copy of Mein Kampf. Do I believe what Hitler believed? No, but, you know, the ideas are, you know, he put the ideas down on paper. It's something to read and investigate. It, it helps you understand the human condition and the human mindset, um, not of all people, but of certain people, you know. Uh, right. I am, I'm obviously in no way a fucking uh, white supremacist, but, you know, uh, I, I'm also, but you are a I'm also head. not a, uh, I, oh wait, you're I'm just bald. Never mind. No, you, no, you haven't seen me in a long time, Stephen. I have long hair now. I have a, I have a quarantine haircut. My wife made Fuck me keep my hair long. She like, my, no, my wife likes my hair long because she likes to pull it when we have sex. <laughs> All right, well, now lost weight, baby. She wouldn't have to. <laughs> now you got me derailed. Now you got me derailed, Stephen. Uh, I, I lost, but no. Uh, say like I do say every week, and I always bring this up. Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director. How long yes. is it gonna be before I can't watch a Quentin Tarantino movie on one of my streaming services because he uses the N word so much? But he's a white man, you know. Like yeah. how far? How far is this going to go before we decide, you know, we can't let other people decide for us. Uh, and, and actually, I think this leans into what we're talking about tonight, because I'm sure that Stephen has a list of movies about Christmas that have been banned or pushed back or rallied against because they represent Santa Claus in a way that is not in keeping with what the times wanted or needed. Am I correct, Stephen? Do you have a Christmas movie that you'd like to talk about right now? Oh, definitely. If I'm going to go into ones that were banned, let's go into Silent Night, Deadly Night. A movie that was pulled from theaters in one week because... (sighs) It shows Santa's a psycho killer. Oh my God! And if you watch the movie, it doesn't. It's some guy that goes through trauma. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But people just make the perception based on the poster. Yeah. Uh, well, Silent Night, Deadly Night is one of those movies. Uh, you and I have talked about before um, where the public outrage was already outrageous before the movie even aired, before they even screened it. People were already upset. Just the simple fact that Santa could be a murderer was was already uh, out there in the public eye. Yeah, so...
I mean, what how long, Vicky, would it have taken you to tell your kids back in 1984? Oh, that's not Santa. That's just a movie. In 1984? Yeah, um, that's when the movie was banned. I mean, how long would it have taken you to tell your kids that? Well, I just remember in 1984. I don't know. Because, like, 1984, I, you know, that was Reagan and things were getting tight when it comes to PC. PC was being invented yeah. back then. It wasn't yet a thing, but it was being invented. And so um, I didn't even know that film was was banned that far back. So I live in the West. I live in California. We don't ban things until recently. We weren't banning things. It was all over the way. But the funny, here's the punchline of the joke, Vicky. It was the day after the producer was crying. He's like, you got 30 phone calls. He's like, I don't care. No, you're going to take these. Okay. And every VHS company got on a bidding war for this movie. And he ended up making his budget back, selling the video rights to it. Because every VHS company wanted the movie they didn't want you to see. Yep. Yeah, of course. Isn't that how all of us used to be when we were young? They said, told us, you don't want to read this. This is bad. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where can I give me a copy? Well, Stephen and I... Uh, we've talked about this before about how there were so many movies back, back when we were growing up, uh, uh, Vicki, uh, uh, you were, you were already like 58 by the time Steven and I were teenagers, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But when I were growing up. They used to have these things called video stores, and Stephen and I would go there and rent movies. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, I owned one. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. seriously, I was that old back lady. then, our parents, <laughs> we couldn't rent R-rated movies or things like that without our yeah, parents knowing. They and section? they would be you're not. Yeah. You're not allowed to go over there. Hey, kid, get away from over there. Those are the bad movies. Yeah. You can't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 but um, but still, yeah. I mean, uh, it was nowadays the parents, my generation, don't want to do any, and above, don't want to do any parenting. Second right. generation, That's the truth. You can't watch A, yep. B, and C. Why? Because I said so. That's all we needed to know. As as I mentioned, oh, I'm sorry, Vicky. Do you have something? No, I didn't want it green. Oh, okay. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, as I've mentioned many times before, when I was growing up, um, my parents were very permissive about what they let us watch for movies, what they let us read, what they let us watch on TV, like, uh, yeah, that, that, that was never an issue, 
But I do remember a big dust up about Silent Night, Deadly Night, which as as we're discussing now. Um, and uh, I bet Stephen has a good story about this because you must remember Siskel and Ebert shit all oh, over this God. movie. Yeah, come on. You're Steven, being understatement, Vicky. See if yeah. you would believe this is true. They not only uh, shit on the movie, they gave out the home addresses and phone <gasps> numbers to the producers and everyone who worked on the movie on the air and told their viewers to call them and harass them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They That's docked crazy. And the producer they, ran they into Siskel, Siskel at a film festival about three years later, and he's like, you know me? And Siskel went, no. Wham! Punched him right in the mouth. He said, I'm the producer of Silent Night, Deadly Night, motherfucker. They called and terrified my wife because of you, you son of a bitch. And Siskel wow. said, I deserve that. <laughs> that's that's a crazy story too. I mean, not for I don't know. I mean, you know, when it comes to movie uh, reviewers, uh, you know, uh, Abby and I talk about this a lot. And when it comes to movie reviewers, you find reviewers that you agree with and tell you a movie's good, you watch it. If they tell you a movie's bad, you still might watch it. But um, I always had a lot of respect for Roger Ebert. Um, I, you know, right. even if I didn't, Same here. even if I, you know, even if I didn't always agree with his uh, reviews, I always had a lot of respect for him. But Cisco, eh, I never cared that much. I'm glad he got punched in the mouth over, uh, over Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> Well, you could always tell. Um, Cisco always had that 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 air about him, that elitist uh, overtone, you know, where he would he he would look around at the camera like, you know, I'm gonna tell you something, and you should believe me because I am who I am. I mean, he had that that aura of I'm better than you, so you should listen to what I have to say. Um, yeah, that's I, I, that's a bad thing. I'm shocked and surprised that that motherfucker didn't wear a bow tie every night on the show. <laughs> well, he did wear like a sweater and a tie all the time. That was Dean <laughs> Shallot. He had the bow tie and the white fro even until the 90s. Gene Shallot had an energy and an enthusiasm about reviewing yep. movies. That 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 Cisco never had, like like when Gene Shalit got on, you know, even if he didn't like the movie, he'd be like, "I just saw Silent Night, Deadly Night. You gotta see the movie. It's great." <laughs> yeah, really he was. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to find a serious reviewer that would admit to liking scary movies, <laughs> right? Or sci-fi. Right. 
Right, How many because, times did you see oh, a sci-fi, even the serious ones in the 80s, Vicky, called kitty crap? Yeah, they right? always um, tag, it's for adolescent boys. That's how they tag sci-fi. I, we have had to claw our way up above that. And if you're a girl and you like sci-fi, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? So, yeah, that's that's been, I mean, I had to do it at my school for the first five years that I was there. I'm like, yeah, I, I like teaching sci-fi because it was at the, it was actually in my book. We did this whole thing on Ray Bradbury and several of his stories. And, and my peers are looking at me like us. It's like, wow, why? Because it's for adolescent boys. It's not even literature. Oh, can't stand it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing nowadays with video game culture. You you know, you see all of these, all of these horrible things where it's like, now that, uh, you know, you hop on the Xbox or the PS and, you know, you can actually interact with people while you're playing. Like, there's all these guys that are just so fucking masculine that can't accept the fact that girls like to play video games, too. You know, it's... it's That's why I... I just, um, cause I, I am a huge video game player. I, I've been, I've been playing games forever. And, uh, just recently because I don't know what's happened, but the video game, uh, uh, ha- has been really overwhelmed with the male people and, um, uh, for a while it was okay being a girl playing and having a girl's voice and all of that. But again, it's the, it's changed. It's gone backwards. And so I don't even have my mic on anymore playing because of the backlash that I get all the time. So that's an ebb and flow and we're not flowing right now. We're ebbing. Well, I think that probably, I mean, Yes, men are terrible. I will admit that. I am a man, and uh, and yeah, uh, but yes. uh, it probably has a lot to do with COVID, like everyone being stuck at home, so they're more like MAGA culture um, too. You know, yeah, we got to make yeah. it right. the way right. it used to be back when the man's women stayed pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen, and everybody stayed at home. Right. I was yeah, a kid yeah, then, yeah. and no Christmases sucked. I My remember dad was a cheap bastard when, at Christmas. Well, to me. I remember a time when women weren't allowed to play the video games. Hmm? That's that, right. We had to pretend we were boys. We had to cut <laughs> our hair and wear suspenders. <laughs> I remember when the most shocking thing in the I remember well, do you guys remember the getting playing Metroid and beating it for the first time in the sheer shock that you mean this badass space pirate that we've right. been killing things and just pew 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 and for hours is a girl? Oh yeah, that was the greatest hey, that was one of the great moments of my life. Of my my gaming life, oh my gosh, yeah, I remember that. 
that moment. <laughs> now, now think about that moment in the mind of these assholes who are talking shit to you online right now. Think right. about how like their heart dropped the moment that they got to the end <laughs> and found out that they were a girl the whole time. That's right. why they're so pissed off. That's why they're so pissed off at you, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, grow up. Yeah. And plus, if I was eleven year old playing video games back then mm-hmm. online, and I would have called people on their motherfuckers and all the other words that they use against their the twelve year old boys, and my parents found out. All they'd hear on my mic was, ow, stop hitting me, ow, God, stop hitting me, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> uh, even I'm pretty sure your mom hears that coming from your bedroom every night anyway. Uh, isn't your dog in there just attacking you constantly? Ah, leave me alone, stop, stop, No. No, she just, my mom, princess, just lays there. She's a good girl. I know she is. I'm just giving you shit. It's Christmas time. Come on. It's my gift to yeah. you. Me giving you But yeah, I remember when we were kids, we would get, look at this year. We had to beg for freaking Charlie Brown's Christmas to be on regular TV. When right. we were kids, we based our Christmas schedule around the specials. That's right. That we, that's exactly right. My parents would go out on um, to their Christmas parties and uh, and and on Friday nights, and there would be a Christmas special on, and it was like, cool, bring on the babysitter, turn off the lights, and have the popcorn out, you know, just <laughs> yeah, we used to, yeah. and then they started showing them what at Thanksgiving. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you showing them at Thanksgiving? What's your deal? It's Thanksgiving, not Christmas. Ugh. Yeah, Charlie and Brown, it, Thanksgiving, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Grinch. Uh, yeah. And then the non-classics year, like Twas the Night Before Christmas. How many of you remember that one? Frosty. The Rankin Bass, Twas the Night Before Christmas, about the yeah. mouse that nearly screwed up Christmas for calling Santa Claus a fake. Yep. yep. I do remember yep. that. But this year. Well, Rankin Bass they, is Jack Frost. Yep, Jack Frost, yep. But this year they they siphoned off all of those. I, I don't really understand how they uh, how they distributed them, but all of those Christmas specials PBS. went to different. Well, they all went. Yeah, they but they not all of them. Some of them went to like HBO and Disney Plus and uh, some of the, the Charlie other. Brown specials were sold to Hulu. Right. The one thing I remember, if we're talking sentimental, um, about the Christmas specials is I do remember, uh, like w- what Vicky was saying. You know, your parents would go out or whatever. Uh, our parents didn't go out on Christmas Eve, but they that was always a thing. My parents 
as I've mentioned many times before, they were very permissive about what we were allowed to watch, what we were allowed to read, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing that my parents were really strict about was bedtimes. But the one time that we were allowed to stay up late, later than our bedtimes, was the night that they showed Rudolph and Charlie Brown Christmas. We were allowed to stay up until all those shows were over. So I do have a fond memory of that. That's So that's nice. That's cool. That's good. That's pretty yeah, awesome. That's a nice mem- yeah, it's a nice memory. All right, so who's who's up next with the with the Christmas movie? Who's got one? Well, you know, I'm more mainstream than you guys, a lot more, and so my Christmas movies, other than Prometheus, of course. Um, I, mine, I, 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 I'm still not getting the Prometheus thing, but I'll let you ride with it because I love you, but. Uh, I wrote a, I wrote a very long article about it. Um, Yeah, I can defend it. I can watch the whole film and defend it. Yeah, send send me the article because I'm going to need to investigate this further. But but, uh, let's just, let's just proceed from here. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, you know, I'm, uh, I don't like to debate this. I know there's all this debate out there. But if I don't see Die Hard Christmas time, I'm really a sad person. It's like I have to watch Die Hard for my Christmas, my like this week, like tonight or tomorrow night, I got to watch it to make my Christmas complete. Now, I know a lot of people think that's crazy, but um, it's not. It's not crazy. It's a Christmas party. It's Christmas time of year. On uh, the show, I live in California. I, I'm in L.A. all the time. I mean, just come on. I really like Die Hard as one of my Christmas movies, okay? Oh, I guess yeah. Nate can't watch Die Hard because uh, Hans Gruber's theme is out to joy. <laughs> oh. Hey, Hans Gruber. <laughs> Do you know All how right. many people? I was no, watching something last night. There, do you know um, how many different characters are named Hans Gruber because of Die Hard? I mean, there's just off the wall people. I mean, characters in things that you would never just come up and say, I, "My name's Hans Gruber." <laughs> it's like, what? Did he just say that in this show? And so, I mean. It's it's like a joke in Hollywood. And Alan Rickman has one of the greatest Christmas lines ever in it, which is, uh, I've made it to the fourth lock. How are we going to get through, Theo? It's a time of miracles. (laughs) (laughs) So I I agree with you on this one 100%, Vicki. I have had this... And I know this is an ongoing thing on the internet now uh, where people argue back and forth whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I 100% agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And, uh, yeah, 
and it's probably my favorite Bruce Willis movie, which is saying a lot since, as I say every week, Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director and Bruce Willis is in Pulp Fiction. But uh, I do really, I do think it's a Christmas movie. I think it has all of the thematic elements of a Christmas movie as well. And when people try to argue that it's not, when people try to say that it's not a Christmas movie, uh, I think they focus more on the violence. Uh, and, and yes, it's an action movie, and yes, it's an ultra-violent action movie, but it does have, it does have the Christmas, it has the Christmas spirit arc to it. Um, yeah, yes, you know, how much is the soundtrack... Die Hard has more Christmas music in it than most mm-hmm. Christmas movies that I've seen that are, that are legit Christmas movies. <laughs> right? Right. That's right? true. It's very and it true. Has, and it and it has a it has a nice um you know, it has a nice redemption arc um for um I mean uh I can't I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but uh, the the police officer, Al who you know he he accidentally shot the child. He, the police officer who accidentally shot the child. Yeah, right. Yeah, is that that's not no, that's not who played him. He it was the dad from uh, Family Matters. Yeah, what, and what, and this is legit. Family Matters, he's playing the same cop that he played in Die Hard. No, no that is not. lives in the Die Hard universe. Not legit. I'm not buying that. I am not buying that. <laughs> Even, <laughs> Even, we have been friends for seven years, and you have sold me a lot of shit. I'm not buying that. He is not the same cop from Die Hard. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, look it up. You look it up. <laughs> but yeah, I have the pop of uh, Carl's, uh, let's see, the two diehard pops I have are Hans Gruber in the snazzy outfit with the phone and uh, Carl's brother. Well, I got to let you know. Uh, Abby's going to be home about 1030 and she's going to give you a call and and she's going to have to have a talk with you about your uh, Funko Pop addiction because she's already (laughs) sat down and had to talk with me. So you're next, buddy. (laughs) You're next. Too many Funko Pops. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and yes, it has him tied to the chair, dead with ho ho ho. I have now. I have a gun printed on his chest. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, no, I, I, I think we, I think we set this one. uh, I think we set this one to bed, though. Um, This is a. uh, This gets argued about all the time, and especially I don't know why it became such a widespread phenomenon on the internet over the last like I would say three years that people argue about whether or not 
uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's definitely a Christmas movie. It takes place on Christmas Eve. Uh, as Stephen pointed out, there are several Christmas songs in the film. And, yeah, uh, ho, 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 I have a gun now. He put, he even puts a Christmas hat on the dude after he shoots him. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. There's no two ways about it. Die Hard is a Christmas, a Christmas movie. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, great, as it, as we get more PC, the past three years has really gotten more, you know, PC. Well, how could it be? A, like you said earlier, how can it be a Christmas movie if it has all that violence? Look at all the blood. Uh, blood's red, and red is a Christmas color, so let's just <laughs> go with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's that so that's what we're going with. Okay. Red is a Christmas red is a Christmas color. Yeah, you're right. All right. Yep. And yep. yes people, if and yes people, because Die Hard's a Christmas movie, that means the long kiss good night and lethal weapon are Christmas movies. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I watch the long kiss good night every Christmas, people. Do you? Good. Excellent. I used to watch uh, Lethal Weapon every Christmas, but I, I yeah. kind of slacked off on that. I see now. I agree that Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie, but I don't feel like it's as much of a Christmas movie as Die Hard, because although oh, that I'll Weapon... give you. Yeah, yes. exactly. I I think so too. There's not the music isn't in it, you know. There's not that music. There's lots of Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the Christmas tree lot scene. There's Christmas inside the house. You know, there's Christmas everywhere. Christmas is the time of year and all, but it's not like Die Hard. Die Hard actually uses the music, you know. <laughs> it's Christmas. Well, Die Hard is just the best. Well, and the only well, reason that Invasion USA is a Christmas movie is because Canon wanted uh, Underground Atlanta to take down all their decorations so they could film that one scene, and then and Atlanta went, fuck you. What do we need to film a movie and it's not set at Christmas? It is now. Uh, no, but the the reason the reason that I feel like uh, Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie, I guess, is because it takes place on on Christmas Eve, right? It's one single night yeah. that's centered around a yeah. Christmas party. Whereas I right. kind of feel like Lethal Weapon, like Vicky said, does have the great scene at the beginning in the Christmas tree lot. And there are Christmas decorations around, but um, I, as, as a film scholar, if I can call myself that, uh, I feel more like lethal weapon, like the Christmas imagery is more depressive. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. At the the beginning of lethal weapon, Mel Gibson tries to kill himself. 
he puts the gun in his yeah, mouth. Well, and he's there not. is this uh, rule this guy's tried to put up a, fa- a failed film critic, and I forget his name. He says the best way to judge a Christmas movie is if you took Christmas out of it. I think no, I think Joe Bob said it. If you took Christmas out of the movie, would it still be work? Would it still be workable as a movie? If you take the Christmas element out of it and it doesn't work as a movie, period, then it's a Christmas movie. That's an that's an interesting take. Well, if you took Christmas out of Die Hard, you'd have to it'd have to be centered around some other kind of party, like a like a what an I I don't know a, a promotion party. I don't know. It would yeah. have to, yeah, it'd have to be different because they did it because Christmas, everything's shutting down. Uh, everyone's going to be home. They think that they're going to be able to, you know, do this when no one's around. You know, yeah, diehard Christmas is really an integral part of the whole story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like a uh, or a Christmas Carol, or a Christmas story. Right. No, Die Hard, (laughs) when it comes to Die Hard, there really has to be a reason for the business, for the building to be shut down at that specific time. Because it's, yeah, 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 Die Hard can't survive without the Christmas element. Uh, It has to be shut down for some reason. And, I mean, I guess, I guess you could take the Christmas element out of it and have to be like, oh, we're having the building fumigated. And they'd have to change the entire soundtrack. Right. Well. Right. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. But, Stephen, why do you think The Long Kiss Goodnight is a Christmas movie? Because it takes place over the Christmas holidays, and it deals with uh, Christmas redemption, too, you know. It starts with her on a Christmas parade, and that's where it starts. Right. And she gets her memory back because she's driving someone home from a Christmas party, and they get in a car crash. Right. And it's more about Samuel Jackson's character's redemption than Gina Davis's front of his right. kids, because it shows him at the beginning trying to take him his Christmas present, his mom said that he couldn't keep it because his dad was a thief, which he was. Yep. Yeah. I don't, this is one of those movies that you and I talk about sometimes. I don't, I don't care about it. Uh, I don't care for it. I shouldn't say don't care about it. I care about every film that someone puts their heart into and actually tries to make, including, you know, everything from, you know, Pulp Fiction to Birdemic. I mean, let's, you know, if you have the wherewithal to make a film, you're doing something with your life. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like Christmas has has much to do with with this film except that it starts at Christmas time. I don't feel like Christmas really plays a big role in this film. Uh, I don't know. That's just me. Uh, I, you're right. It does start at Christmas. 
so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't breathe right now. I'm so sorry. I tried to. I tried to do that <laughs> nicely, but it didn't work out. I apologize. Well, now it's documented on our podcast for all time. <laughs> he started on the Christmas show. <laughs> Vicky can't hold her weed anymore like the old days. Uh, <laughs> <just went> <laughs> yep, oh well. I guess I'm human. Dang it. <laughs> She's not going to have yeah, anything to say when, when we were kids, the Christmas when we were younger, the Christmas movies came out in December. Nowadays, the Christmas movies come out in November, the very first of freaking November. And they're gone by December because the Deadpool movies come out. Right. And that's just stupid. I like Christmas movies. I don't mind Christmas movies, you know, Thanksgiving weekend. I don't mind that so much. But right after Halloween, I'm still in Halloween mode. You know, I'm 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 still going to the grocery store to buy Thanksgiving dinner. I don't want Christmas at all between Halloween and Thanksgiving. I don't want Christmas. Zero. No yeah. Christmas. Yeah, I I I'm gonna be the first one to say this, uh aside from uh Melania Trump. Fuck this Christmas shit, okay? I fucking hate Christmas. I buy presents, and I give presents, and I'm happy to accept presents, but I fucking hate Christmas. Those, when we're winding down, just like Vicky said, when we're winding down, I got Halloween, my favorite holiday of the entire year. And then I got Thanksgiving, boom, turkey. How are you going to argue with that? And then after that, as soon as everyone starts pushing fucking Christmas up my nose, I'm just like, guess what? I'm not a snowman. I don't need a carrot up there. I'm fucking (laughs) just like Jesus Christ. I don't think any of us need a carrot there. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I mean, I like I like I do like Christmas. It's a nice opportunity to give your friends and family gifts and and enjoy time with your family. Normally, I mean this year it's just going to be me, Abby and my mom and my dad. So, uh obviously we're trying to keep the pod Yeah, it's going to be a smaller Christmas this year. Yeah. Actually, yeah, this Abby is not a good year. Actually, uh, Abby uh, got the COVID vaccine this morning because she's a doctor. So, yeah, so she's on the front lines. So she got the vaccine. Yeah, it's going to be cool, right? Now I I can kiss her again. Yeah, she can give you a blood transfusion (laughs) once it's settled in in her, and now you'll have it. (laughs) I I can finally kiss my wife again after nine months. Hey, don't tell anyone, but I might yeah, even try to. Now, man. Uh, don't tell anyone, but I might even try to have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas sex is good. 
I like making <laughs> sex. <laughs> is that is that a thing? All right. So okay. Yeah, right. if you have a yeah. nice tree and it's warm <laughs> and there's a fire going. Yeah, and you have a blanket. <laughs> That's so good. You're right. A tree. <laughs> I do like me some okay, good trees. Okay, what do you guys consider one of the worst Christmas movies ever made? The worst oh. Christmas movie ever made. Huh. Have to think on that. I can yeah. think it's the only one that's pretty bad. And it's one where I'm like, we could do a watch on this, and Vicky just looked at me and watched the trailer and went, F you. I'm like, what? Don't you want to fuck you? No. And that would be Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. <laughs> that one lives up to its reputation of stupidity. God, is that <laughs> Yeah. I don't really like anything that Kirk Cameron does, but uh, if we're talking about uh, the worst Christmas movies ever, uh, yeah, legit bad. Not, ha ha, uh, this is fun bad. No, no, no. Ha ha, this is fun bad should be the name of our fucking podcast because we talk <laughs> about a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Ha ha, it's fun bad. We talk about Santa Claus versus Martian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Santa Claus versus the Martians, yeah. But, no, uh, the Santa Claus and Tim Allen. Oh, my God, I hate that movie. That's, the I third one is really, it's so pukey. It is just, oh. I mean, it's, I you, you know, be like, I don't, I don't want my kids to see a movie where, Santa goes around killing bad people. But a movie where a guy shoots Santa's face off with a shotgun within the first 20 minutes. Okay, I'll take my kids to see. So you're talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2? <laughs> no, the first one. I'm serious. But Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, although it's, uh, it's amusing for people of our sensibilities, it does have garbage day. Yeah. <laughs> which, which even in in the uh, you know in the parlance of uh, the way we enjoy films is a horrible fucking scene. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What's sad is they legitimately tried to make it a comedy because they realized that making a movie with half of that was stupid and the guy they hired to make some of the funniest improvs ever so they decided just okay just rip and do whatever the heck you want <laughs> right well as a stand-up comedian i can tell you prov is hard and yeah doing it in front of a live audience is one thing but if you get invited to a film set and they're like, yeah, just, just kind of improv, you have to remember, 
if you're doing improv live on stage, no one's going to remember that three days from now, whether it was excellent or terrible. No one's going to remember that. If you're doing improv and someone has a camera and they are filming you and this movie is still going to be available to view 30 years from now, you're done fucked up. If you yeah, didn't do it right. <laughs> you're done fucked up. Okay, what about you, Vicky? What's one you just consider bad? Well, I already said it. The Santa Claus 3. That is just the worst. Oh, and it, well, all of those. I don't like... Yeah, well, Martin Short, I love Martin Short. He does some great things, but that movie is just bad. It's cringe. If I'm watching something about Christmas and I start cringing, then, I mean, come on. It's bad. It's I didn't even make it through 20 minutes of the Christmas Chronicles 2, and... I love the version just because it had Kurt Russell and Santa Claus. I was like, that's a great idea. They can't screw it. Yeah, they, they kind of messed up, didn't they? And they yeah. they took the Christmas the Christmas Chronicles is great. Uh, maybe the kids aren't the greatest actors in the world, but the whole story and then they have the car and. Um, the cops is one of my favorite actors. I love everything he's ever in. Um, just they had these cool little things in it, right? But the yeah. second one, trying to fit Goldie into the whole thing, she could have been Mrs. Claus, and she was great as Mrs. Claus, but they didn't know how to write a story around it. So they had to have that no. ugly little elf. So it was terrible. Mm. I just yeah, watched uh, the one on uh, Netflix the other night, the Jingle, Jingle, nah, I forget what it's called. It was great. Like I didn't they, know it was a musical. Sounded like you were about to say Jingle Nuts. No, that's not it. <laughs> jingle Jake. Yeah. Uh, That's one of those movies you watch after Abby's gone to bed. Yeah, yeah, Stephen. I think think last night she might have uh, logged on to the internet and watched Jingle Nuts. Uh, mm. (laughs) I'm suspicious. (laughs) Yeah, well, Tim Allen is not... There's that new one where... um, uh, Mel Gibson is supposed to be Santa Claus. I haven't watched that yet. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm really scared. I, I, I feel the same way, Vicky. I am scared of that movie as well. Uh, I, it, it keeps popping. It keeps popping up on my. I, I can't remember Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whatever. I, I have all. The, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I have all the streaming services. I'll watch it for him. The, a big part of it is again I don't really care for Christmas movies anyway but I'm I'm going to go on record and say um, I, 
know this is an unpopular opinion, but uh, fuck Mel Gibson. I do not like that guy. <laughs> I used to I love mean, him. I used to love him. I love the Mad Max. I love the Mad Max movies. Um, well, I shouldn't say I love the Mad Max movies. Fucking beyond the Thunderdome. Give me a break, Auntie Entity. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's, <laughs> that's all nonsense. But the first two Mad Max movies. But that was the best are, part of that movie. The Going to the, that place where all the children were, that just, oh, I'm just like, what? And a broken plane, and they worship the plane? What? What's going on here? Yeah, I freaking hated that movie. That's why I don't have it. Wow, Stephen, you sound like you're on the other side of the world. Yeah. Steven, I can hear Vicky, but I can't hear you. Can't hear you. You sound I can like like you're you're is like in better? in Russia. <laughs> is this is this any bad? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I can hear Vicky. Yeah. Yeah, when we call back okay. in. Nope. Okay. okay. No, we'll 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 do it. We'll, we'll, well, we'll yeah, continue. Okay. So while Steven, while Stephen calls back in, uh, Vicky and I will discuss how much we hate Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't hate him because I used to really, really, really love him, and so I mean, before his smoking got to him, till before his drinking. And his racist part of him came out of him. I thought he was the most handsome man in the entire world, and I watched everything he ever did. And then the bad Mel Gibson came out, and it was like crushing. Crush! Crush your crush. So, you know? A little bit. Yep. yep. Sounds better to me. Yeah. You just missed it. What happened uh, was is during the first cool half of it, uh, like I said, George Miller's uh, friend who was a stuntman and worked on the Jeep got killed. So George Miller said, Okay, we gotta shut this down now. I gotta deal with my friend, I don't wanna deal with this movie and the producers were like, Oh you we gotta finish the movie So he just laughed. I don't know. I I kind of felt like George Miller was always on top of that franchise, I mean, he's he's directed all of the Mad Max movies, even Fury Road, which didn't have anything to do with uh, with Mel Gibson. Um, but I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with Mel Gibson. Um, I think he kind of plays the no. same character. I, I think he kind of plays the same character in every... It's not that he plays the same character in every movie. He just doesn't have a range. You know, he's just kind of like a dude 
in every movie. Um, what if he was a like lethal Vic- weapon, he stopped trying to create new characters. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Post, I agree. Uh, his Australian films are good. Mad yeah, Max, The so Road Warrior, Geopoly. Uh, oh. oh, yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah, those are all really good. Once he got yeah. to Hollywood, he got lazy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, I think he's a good that. director. I, you know, all, everything set aside, I think he's a really good director. I, that's I what he, I was going to, yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to yeah. say as well. Like, I like him more as a director than an, than an actor at this, at this point in his career. I right. really, of course, I really love Mad Max and I'm, I mean, who the fuck doesn't love The Road Warrior? That's an amazing no film. No shit. Uh, That's the best. So that, I could watch that movie every day. I, not every day, but almost. I love that movie. I love yeah. that movie. <laughs> Fucking amazing film. Yeah. I mean, uh, how many but, other films yeah. you know that start in the middle of the chase rather than the beginning of it? <laughs> right. Right. Hey. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant, though. How many movies after well, that did the same thing? <laughs> well, nowadays we have that weird, like, so many directors. And, again, I have to mention my favorite director, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, how <laughs> many movies since Quentin Tarantino became a successful Oscar-winning uh, director have gone with the uh, uh, the Reservoir Dogs idea of starting with a quiet scene and then quickly jumping into uh, you know like you know Reservoir Dogs they're in the they're in the cafe and then immediately yeah. uh, you know uh, Mr. Orange is in the back bleeding to death and. I believe, I believe, and I'm not sure, even as much as I love Quentin Tarantino and as much as I've studied his film work, I believe that was an homage to George Miller, uh, to the idea of let's start the story in the middle, you know, like, yeah. let, let, you know, let's, let's have a little bit of the story and then go right to like, like, like you, like you two were saying, the car chase. Let's go right to the car chase and let's get this on. You know, um, we we might have a little breathing room at the minute at, at the beginning, a little breathing room, and then let's just go right to the car chase and then let's just have two hours of car chases. Why why wouldn't that be cool? Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially okay, those kinds of car chases. Yeah. What's the best film that you guys have seen that's been released on the, what they call the Christmas movie season, which is November to January? Like this year or for all time? Time that's personal. Well, I, the Chris, um, A Christmas Story. I, I saw it. At Christmas time, way back when you guys were little kids, and uh, <laughs> I, I love it. 
I like the Christmas story a lot better when it was hard to see. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I remember just sitting in the movie theater, and the movie theater was cold. It was a freezing cold, um, foggy, foggy night, and uh, we were high as we could be. And there were only like, I don't know, 30 of us in the movie theater freezing our butts off with our coats on and laughing our guts out at that movie. And I'm, maybe I'm nostalgic because it was, you know, like in our past, in what our parents went through and all the stories we had heard. And, and so, I don't know, a Christmas story. Between November and Christmas or November and New Year's, uh, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, um, I I love a Christmas story. In fact, uh, a couple of years ago, I worked with a burlesque uh, troupe that were looking for uh, something. They were looking for something to, to. They were looking for a production that they wanted to perform, and so I wrote a burlesque show that centered around a Christmas story. Um, that was really fun. That was that was fun. Um, instead of a uh, Red Rider BB gun, uh, the main character, all of the, uh, all of the. Uh, in the show were female, of course. It was a burlesque show. So instead of <laughs> wanting a BB gun, uh, the main character wanted a very, a very specific dildo. Um, <laughs> that must have been hilarious. Where the whole point <laughs> is, is that Ralphie wanted a car for Christmas so he could go make out with his girlfriend. <laughs> Is that a real thing? There is, yeah. Is that real yeah. thing? <laughs> is that there's a, there's a, of it? There's a sequel to a Christmas story? Yeah, it's one of the, the ten two. worst film, Christmas films voted hands down by lots of people. One of the ten worst. One is called Every House to Do It and It's Set During the Summer. Right. And it doesn't have any of the original cast go back. And then there's a Christmas story too, which was released direct to DVD about three or four years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> oh well. But let's see, my favorite oh, uh, uh, Oscar bait wise, yeah. uh Probably Dallas Buyers Club. I love the hell out of that when I've seen it in the theaters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Tarantino's so, two films, but I got to see it in 70 millimeter and got the big booklet, which Nate doesn't have. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's Christmas. Maybe you could gift me something. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but you don't like Christmas. The uh, Sweeney Todd. 
which I love because they sold it as a musical with Johnny Depp and Helena Bottom Carter. And one, that it was A, an opera, and two, it was a psychotic slasher film. Yeah. Right. It was great. I watched the trailer for that, and I was like, they're going to be some people very freaking shocked when they watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Stephen, you and I have talked about this many times about uh, films that are uh, like mis misadvertised, where people go into a a film thinking it's going to be one thing, and then it's another thing. But I would definitely have to say, taking your kids to the movie theater at Christmas time to see a movie and having something delivered that is completely off the rails. Uh, yeah, that's probably the worst, uh, version of that situation that you and I have talked about before. Let's not forget the cannibalism, too. I mean, there's murder, yeah. Oh, yeah. blood, flashing yeah. throats, murder, but there's cannibalism. Uh, rape. <laughs> there's yeah. everything in yeah. that little story. And, and, you know, I have to go on record as saying... I don't particularly care for that film. I do I do like the the Broadway play. I do appreciate uh yeah, Sweeney Todd, but I don't know, man. At this point the marriage between Johnny Depp and Tim Burton is just exhausting me, guys. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the last one. The last one. That's it. I can't well, I mean, I'll, yeah. I, I'll, I'll go back and watch uh, Edward Scissorhands, and I'll, I, I still like Beetlejuice. I mean, I, I'm not 100% like anti-Tim Burton, but he is exhausting me at this point. And his, you know, his insistence on working with Johnny Depp and then Johnny Depp being over there uh, on the Gore Verbinski friggin' uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I, I am just I'm exhausted by both of them. I I I, I, Over, I'm, I'm I agree no though. Worry. I totally agree. The question, where did it come go from the movie that we as kids we watched Star Wars during the summertime, and then out the blue. Right. Hey, Star Wars is a Christmas franchise. What? <laughs> oh, no. Please don't tell me we're going to talk about the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the prequels, the sequel trilogy, the, the Christmas special. Coming out every Christmas? Well, when, yeah. here's, here's the best way to describe it. When we did a two-part Star Wars show in uh, The Force Awakens open, Nate, yeah. Our ex co host said, I'm gonna watch the Christmas special and we're like, God, no, don't. No, I gotta watch it. <laughs> no, you don't. Don't. You both don't like him. And we were begging him not to watch it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. 
Yeah, yeah but you I know, the whole thing with Casey. Because when the prequel trilogy came out, people were like, George Rudy Lucas raped our childhood. He raped my childhood. And I'm like, have you forgotten the Christmas special that soon? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Your childhood hasn't been raped yet, baby. Check out the Christmas special. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, can I talk about my favorite Christmas movie for a few minutes? Please do. Yeah, go ahead. Uh did I already talk about? We already talked about our least favorite Christmas movies, right? We're we're done with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone is going to be surprised by this, either my co-hosts or our listeners. Nate Bradford's favorite Christmas movie of all time is Gremlins. <laughs> Hold for Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, the first Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, the, the first Gremlins. Yeah. yeah. And we can debate this as we did when Vicky mentioned uh, Die Hard. Gremlins is a Christmas movie, right? Uh, yeah, man, as Gremlins is Christmas carolers, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, uh, uh, Gizmo is presented as a as a gift for Christmas, right? Like, yeah, Gizmo but the whole Kaka. thing is, is Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah. Because Dad and has Gizmo to go Kaka. on a business trip. Dad. <laughs> I'm Dad sorry, to as go a kid, on business. this is the way they advertised it. It showed how this movie was. The first three weeks to come out, it was Gizmo Gizmo appearing out the box. And then people yep. said, it kids really loved about the movie. And then it had a poster with a gremlin bursting through it. Right? Right. I mean, we all wanted to give them all, but we all love those gremlins because they were just anarchy. <laughs> the, I think, I think that came. I mean, the the actual like gremlins that Gizmo produced in the first film, I think, went a little more uh, anarchistic in Gremlins Two. But uh, that has more to do with Joe Dante when they offered him a chance to make a sequel. He went a little more nuts with it. But um, right, that's I another, agree. Yeah, but that but that is another point. Uh, one of the reasons why this is my one of my favorite Christmas movies. Again, uh, defer to Vicky. Uh, Die Hard is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Uh, I probably would have brought that up on my own if you hadn't mentioned it, but I love Gremlins because I fucking love Joe Dante. He is such a great director. <laughs> I love I love so much of his stuff, and uh, Gremlins is one of my favorite movies, and it's definitely one of my favorite Christmas movies. So, uh, so what do you what do you guys 
what do you guys remember about it? Uh, have you watched it recently, or, or what do you what do you remember yeah. about it? I remember. <laughs> in a theater, I think it has a regular film that I've seen the most in a theater. Period. Well, that I, that was yeah. That was part of the reason why I brought it, part of the reason why I brought it up is because you said. Uh, remember a Christmas movie that you saw in the theater and Gremlins was a Christmas movie that I saw in the theater. So that's why Only I, I brought it up. I don't know why. Yeah, that's, I have to, I have to talk about that. That's, um, it came out in June and my nephew was living with us and he was this, he was a little boy still, and uh, he has—he's a grown-up man with four kids of his own, or five kids—I can't remember. Four kids of his own, and um, but he was a little boy, and uh, I'm like, let's go see this Gremlins movie. And he's like, yes, and I think he's like eight. <laughs> let's go see Gremlins. <laughs> and so we sat there, and he's like. <gasps> <gasps> so scared it was, I felt so bad I'm like oh my gosh oh what am I going to tell his mom oh you know what I'm not going to tell his mom you're a terrible aunt and a terrible sister I yep nope. <laughs> I'll, I'll own that coming out. A warning below it. Warning, this movie has extreme violence and scary scenes. May not be uh, they didn't do the that. Not the yeah, first they week. No, no, well, I didn't see it. The third. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we went and saw it the week that it came out. It's like, come on, let's go to the movies. <laughs> it's hot. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, along with uh, Return of the Jedi and uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom that led to the creation of the PG-13 race. Yep, yep, uh, yeah. I don't yeah, really you're right. I don't understand why Gremlins was part of that. Um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I can kind of see how that pushed us towards the PG-13 rating, but I don't really understand Gremlins. Like, what, can anyone mention a scene? Well, what, but can you mention a scene in Gremlins that was, like, bloody or violent enough to, uh... There was no blood. Okay, no, no, no. I'm just going to say three words. BBK story. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I had such a crush on Kate when I was younger. All right, <laughs> full disclosure, I still have a wicked crush on Phoebe Kate. All right, I I admitted it. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's hot. Wait, yeah. <laughs> is she, wait, wait, is she hot or what? Tell us. Phoebe Cates? Yeah, no, yeah, she's hot. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Vicky, are, uh, Vicky, are you getting this down in your notebook? Nate said that BB Cates is hot. Just, I want to make sure you're jotting it down, just so. Yeah, I did. I I put it down. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, remember that. that beautiful um, black hair, right? Those those eyes that you can just fall into, right? That cute little face. Yes. 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 <laughs> say all of that. Okay. Say, oh say my all God. Of that at my, say, say all of say all of that at my oh. funeral, okay? Okay, I will. I will. Okay. <laughs> Nate, Nate, I, Nate, I, Nate, 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 about do we like it or hate it <laughs> oh I hate it it was unwatchable hey I can hear you perfectly it was unwatchable is right oh horrible horrible yeah but and I it's one of the topics that graph where they go by our Christmas friends 
And I said this to her earlier, and I'm going to say it right now, Nate. If uh, a sci-fi version, Prometheus can be a Christmas film, then Dune is a Christmas film. Because it's the, oh, same, yeah. the same story as the Rising of the Messiah. Right. Right, the resurrection, there's resurrection in it, there's Christ imagery all throughout Dune, come on. (laughs) But Prometheus has it in your face. If you don't see it, then I'm going to point it out to you and then you'll know. (laughs) It's not just a Christmas tree. Yeah. Well, I mean... We're almost at the end of the show, so why don't you spell yes. out your Prometheus theory? Tell us, tell oh. us what you, tell us what you think. Give it. Well, give there us you the, go. A- the gist of it. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Uh, it's based on a Christian myth. We have a scientist who believes in Christ. She wears a cross. Her cross is a symbol throughout the film. She cannot have a baby, yet she still gives birth to this creature. She has this immaculate conception, right? Okay, we got that in it. And we got the birth of a brand new thing, a messiah, if you want to say, but it's really a monster. Um, Plus, at the very beginning of the movie, it is... uh, Right before Christmas, it's the Christmas week when they get there into the solar system. As they get ready to go down into the planet, it gets closer and closer to the 25th of December. And so there's the Christmas tree and the celebration by the captain of, well, it's Christmas. And then as they're going down, the other scientist, the guy scientist, says, hey, I want my Christmas present to land right there. And doesn't he get a Christmas present? Yes. So there's all kinds of symbolism mixed in with, plus they're trying to find their creator who they look at as call engineers, but really kind of they worship them as gods, the scientists, not all the other poor people who are going to die over this. Okay, so there's all kinds of that kind of stuff in it. So it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of, you know, that kind of stuff in it. Yes, it doesn't I'm sound, sorry, it, I was drinking. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like you've thought and about it And that's a good piece of information. I have. I have. I just please. didn't read my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to... No, I'll have to I, um, I, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. That does that that does seem like uh, reasonable. Um, I did feel uh, like the there was an overtone of some kind of godlike, uh, you know, feeling about that movie, like you said. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I didn't. I now I feel stupid because even though Christmas was represented in the film, I didn't really think of it like in terms of Christmas. Uh, well, it took a I, long time for people to see it. 
They were so I, disappointed. I they wanted the alien thing, and they didn't get it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I well, we've talked about yeah. that many times on this show, and then we were just, I want something different. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and then they but scream at him. Why don't you try new ideas? Well, but that's the thing, though. Like Stephen, you and I have talked about this many times before. It's like depends on the franchise. Sometimes people want something brand new, and other times they just want you to recycle what you've already given them before, and. I think with the Alien franchise and what Vicky's talking about with Prometheus, I think, you know, Ridley Scott was trying to keep a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Like, he yeah. he, he, wanted to do, he wanted to do something a little bit different, but enough that you would still – that it would still be in that same, uh, you know, the same vein. But uh, he, I think he was trying to move a little further away from the original Alien films, especially considering, I mean, if we look at the at the original Alien films, what have we got four out there that started Ridley Scott and then James Cameron and then what we got uh, Janu and Caro that did the later ones. Oh, David Fincher. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about that. Wasn't... Yeah. I forgot <laughs> about David Fincher there. Um, but that's yeah. It's a hard one yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I feel bad about that, too, because I love Fincher. I think he's a great director. I think he kind of got thrown under the bus on that one. He they did. Were just like, that's what I think, too. Yeah. They were like, Thanks, well. Yeah. Yeah. Budget's cut. Yeah. Budget's cut. Yeah, I don't know. Make an alien dog out of CGI or something and get the fuck out of here and go make <laughs> fight. Go, go make Fight Club. What are you going to do with your life? I don't know. <laughs> what was what was Fincher's next movie after Alien 3? He, did he was Fight seven. Club his next movie? No, what seven. Was it? Seven? Oh, after yeah. was it after Alien Three. Oh, yeah. he, Alien Three was his first movie, and then he did Seven at, before he did Fight Club. I thought he did Fight Club before Seven, but I don't no, know. No, it was uh, Seven. No, yeah. Then Fight. And seven. then Seven did good. And I forget the game. Oh, the game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, Panic Room right. and then Fight Club. Wow. He was way out there, man. Cosmic. No. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> forgot. Uh, I mean, of course I've seen all of those movies. I own most of them, but I just don't always remember the order they come out in, which is kind of funny right. because, because Abby gets annoyed with me about this because – I have a DVD shelf in my office and I keep all of the movies organized by director and by the order that they came out. So 
if I want to go into a David uh, Fincher uh, rabbit hole, I can watch his movies in order. Uh, wow. Tarantino. Tarantino. Kevin Smith, like, you know, directors that I like, you know, I'll just go. Owen, if you want to have a Tarantino Christmas Christmas bath, first you watch Jackie Brown, then you watch Django Unchained, and then you watch The Hateful Eight. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well... Just for your information, last night I watched The Hateful Eight. It, it it was that was my Christmas movie for last night. And <laughs> when Abby came home from work, when Abby came home from work, we opened our Christmas present uh, because we're going up to visit my parents for Christmas. Uh, so we decided to open our Christmas presents last night. And while we opened our Christmas presents, we watched The Hateful Eight, which god damn what an amazing movie if you want to talk about a Christmas movie uh, let's we don't, it it doesn't even have to be necessarily a Christmas movie, let's just say The Hateful Eight is a fucking amazing movie god damn as I say every week, Quentin Tarantino is my my favorite director, and God damn, that movie is good. Like, Jesus Christ, how do you even conceive of something like that? The 70 millimeter, the writing, the direction, the acting, like, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off with that rant because uh, I got to be up uh, early tomorrow, but... God, God bless Quentin Tarantino, and God bless everyone. And every thank one of you us. to all you guys, my <laughs> extended podcast family. I wouldn't have made it through this year without you guys. Yes, indeed. You're welcome. We, uh, then we died back in June, and I almost gave up yeah. on this shit. But then, boom, you guys came along and brought me back to life again. Yes, and well, here we are. Uh, Always there with you and behind you, loving you and keeping things going, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, and next week we're going to be doing a Watch It For Me, and next week me and Nathan are going to be doing our best and worst of last year. Thank God I'm going to watch Wonder Woman on Friday. I'm hoping that one will be on the best friends work. I want to wish wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week, but uh, goddamn, my, my wife got the corona vaccine today she's a she's a doctor so she was one of the frontline workers that got the vaccine so um that's awesome but in the meantime wash your hands wear a mask let's all keep each other safe okay awesome. Amen. good night everybody right. 
Good night, everyone. Merry Christmas.